Welcome to Two Travel Dads Podcast. Here we share our favorite destinations, travel tips, ideas for saving money, and stories from our adventures. Be sure to check out our show notes at twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes. Welcome back to another episode of Two Travel Dads Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Chris. And today we are talking about, well, our last episode we talked about relocating to St. Augustine, Florida from the Seattle area. And today we're actually going to talk about that experience of um, planning that and making it happen during coronavirus because it was such a strange time to move. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was really different. And our initial plan for what we had got completely changed. And we had to figure out a new plan pretty quickly because um, time was slipping away. Yeah, so you know, being a two-car family, we went from this awesome idea of being able to drive across the country and make some cool stops along the way, each of us driving one of our cars, and then staying in hotels, staying in great hotels. We were going to do it as part of our Best Western campaign for the year, but then with coronavirus hitting and um, us losing all of our travel contracts, they were no longer supporting that. So we're like, oh, what are we going to do? And then we realized, oh my gosh, hotels are closing. closing. (laughs) Restaurants are closing. Yeah. Places aren't open. And there's so much uncertainty about just how the coronavirus passed from person to person, how severe it would get and all that. So yeah, because timing wise for this, this was like March. Yeah. March is when we were planning. Yeah. And then we ended up leaving on April 1st. So yeah, that was like the height of when everything really started to take off and impact everywhere. So, yeah. And so we're like, okay, so we uh, no longer like have places to stay along the route. And so what are we going to do? Like we don't, we can't just drive across and hope that we're going to find some place to be able to stay and hope that some restaurants are going to be open for us to be able to eat. And so I was kind of excited because I've always wanted to have like a, a tent trailer um, you know, for camping because I love camping. And but... we've looked at them in the past. Oh, yeah. Just so never jumped times. on it. But this time we're like, okay, we we have to get a camper. Um, that's the only way that we can do this with your cross country. We've got to be able to have a place to stay. We have to have a place to be able to, to make meals. And we kind of have to be self-contained yeah. uh, in a way, right? So uh, it really enabled us to control our environment. Uh, yeah, the, the mystery of coronavirus really sold us even more on making sure that we had the safest option to get across the country possible. Yeah. yeah, with complete minimal interaction with others. Yeah, which was strange. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so we had to start the hunt for pretty quickly for a camper, and uh, so it was interesting because um, we have a we recently bought a, a new Subaru Ascent. So if you're not familiar with that model, that's Subaru's newest model their biggest offering that they have it's the the three row seater so it's the replacement to the tribeca which that was a weird car so it's a step up from the regular subaru outback oh yeah it's the biggest one and so that's why outback's not doing so well this year uh because everybody wants the ascent because it's bigger and it's pretty awesome oh it's an amazing car (laughs) um and it's got was it a five thousand? uh i think uh towing capacity with the ascent yeah and so we knew that we could tow something. And so we started looking, uh, you know, at different websites. We were looking at Craigslist. We were looking at uh, RV sales. We knew that we couldn't, as we started looking, like really afford a, a brand new one, but we knew we needed something. Yeah. This being, being a virtually unplanned, unplanned, <laughs> um, travel expense or spend or moving expense. I don't even know how we would categorize that if we really broke it down. 
<laughs> travel moving, whatever. It was an unplanned moving expense. Unplanned expense really. of life. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, you know, but also I knew that I didn't want uh, a, a pop-up tent trailer because I didn't want to deal with the canvas, right? And having leaks and things Moisture, like that. Tears. Moisture, all that stuff, especially since we're then bringing it to Florida. So we were looking for a nice, small, hard side, hard side camper. And we found the most amazing option. What was that? Tacoma RV, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's uh, a Northland. It's a unique shape. And it's got uh, uh, bunk beds in the back for the kids. It's got a nice little bathroom. Uh, it's got a nice size fridge freezer, a three burner cooktop. And then the dining area seats all of us very comfortably, but then also converts to a nice full slash queen size sleeping area for Bob and I. More on the full side. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I but, definitely would not call it yeah, a queen not size queen. bed. <laughs> However, lengthwise, this is kind of a wider yeah. trailer. I feel like, um, and because we still had plenty of space beyond our feet, and we're able to sleep pretty comfortably. But um, but we found this this camper, and we got an amazing deal on it. It was like only a 2014, but for some reason they were just really need to get rid of it. And there was nothing wrong with it. We did a a, a full inspection and i had to i'm not a camper expert my dad is you know he's had a um or what do you call those the 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 crank up trailer thingy well the ones the, that go in the back of your truck yeah those. i don't know what those are actually called yeah. slide-ins slide-in camper i think it's okay. a slide-in sure i'm not an expert but um <laughs> you know and we video called with him to help us kind of go through the inspection and understand the questions to ask and there are a few things that we wanted to have them do like it was missing a gasket and there was like some caulking that needed to be done but they they were amazing and they did everything that we asked got the camper ready for us and but we had to do more than just get a camper um because in addition to that our subaru even though it could tow we didn't get the tow package so getting the, sc the scrambling to get a tow package installed by the dealer was interesting and then they ended up in the long run actually not doing it right and we ended up having to buy an additional like braking system that could connect through radio controls between the camper and the subaru uh, yeah yeah it was but a bit it, of a hassle but it worked and it worked we got it home and it it was great <laughs> yeah and um you know but i i think another plus for the the subaru um, is it has some special anti-sway technology just built into the car, so you don't need to get extra sway bars, I guess, that the like RV dealers can sell you and things like that. It's actually not needing to be damaging if you have a, a Subaru and put those on. But but yeah, so we were able to to coordinate getting the tow package installed in the Subaru and get um, the orientation scheduled from the RV dealership to learn all about the RV. And pick up the camper all in a four-day period. And pick it up. And then get ready to move and leave two days later yeah and <laughs> you know but then we also found out and this really sucked um the camper was amazing beautiful um nothing wrong with it and then we had a first heavy rain and before like, we left thank before goodness. we left before we left uh, and i was like where is all this water coming from and uh, this was in the bathroom area so if you ever buy a used camper which they're great check out if you have a little dome or a sunroof thing check it out little skylight the little tiny hairline cracks because that's what this had it had little tiny hairline cracks all around um the the edge of the skylight and so thankfully there's this amazing product called flex seal flex seal but flex seal tape 
Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So I tried the just the Flex Seal. That didn't work. Um, Flex Seal tape is amazing. And I was able to apply that in a structured way across <laughs> the, the skylight and, and really seal it up. And I'll tell you, that, that product's amazing. Since fixing that, and we've been through some serious Florida rains, Ugh. and that thing is dry. Yeah, it's amazing. Product's awesome. Uh, but yeah, so we got that fixed and that was the only issue that we've had with the camper yeah. and, uh, got it all ready to, to go and got it stocked up with mac and cheese and frozen vegetables and other canned easy goods, to make food for the road. Tuna. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we did all of our kind of grocery shopping ahead of time, um, to make sure that we had everything that we really needed for the trip. I talked about buy nothing in a previous episode and we were able to find just through buy nothing, a little four cup coffee pot. Because oh, yeah. uh, I was like, oh, we need a coffee pot. <laughs> and uh, we're able to, to source one through there. Somebody had a, two of them and we were able to snag one so we could make coffee along the way. Literally, we were self-contained in every way you can imagine. Yeah. The only thing we needed was gas along the way. Gas, yeah. I mean, we stocked up on wine. We had our Juanita's <laughs> chips, which, oh, no more of those. They don't have them in Florida. Yeah. It was, we, we were set. And then it was just, uh, you know, getting on the road and... Um, you know, and driving with this thing. But that was the first time, like, we were towing something. I will say, so Bob had to do most of the driving initially because I um, I still had to work. Oh. I didn't take the time off. In our in our Subaru, we have Wi-Fi, right? Plus, I had an iPad with a hotspot. My phone had a hotspot. So I was all three different carriers, actually. So I was completely connected across the U.S. Except in New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico is <laughs> awful. But we were, you know, Bob was driving, and he's like, this is just... It was the most stressful experience of my life because every time that there would be a little gust of wind or driving past a semi or anything like that, the it would be me versus the car versus the trailer in this struggle to stay in the lane and not go crashing while we're going 70 miles an hour on the highway. It was terrible. And in the, we'll talk about the route we went in a minute, but in the stretch between, um, the Dalles, Oregon and Twin Falls, Idaho, we all of a sudden we came into crazy rain which turned into snow in the s curves of the sawtooth mountains and it was absolutely it was like terrifying by Baker city i think right? Ugh, yes i I've, I've never been that tense and actually scared driving in my entire life awful <laughs> and where, where was it that i got to start driving for the first time oh like so the next day after we left um twin falls and we're like driving down through utah he's done working it's a friday and bob's like he's, i want and he, you no, need to drive. yeah yeah so all of a sudden you're like i can drive and immediately you're like huh i should turn off the well yeah so i'm like <laughs> i start driving i'm like oh what's going i was like hey we need to turn off i was like okay so i understood the reason why it was so stressful for bob and because I'm like, I need to turn off the um, lane assist feature here on the Subaru. Because it has this this thing built in with it's, the eyesight. So it will keep you in your lane and mm -hmm. just kind of do small corrections micro, to make sure you're driving. Micro, micro corrections. Yeah. And those micro corrections as you're like driving have an impact on the, uh, you know, the trailer on the back. The moment I turned that off, I was like, oh, this is smooth. Oh, my gosh. It was incredible because literally I would be sitting there feeling the car trying to like correct and zigzag and do all this crazy stuff and then he turns this off and it was like driving a normal yeah car. with with lane assist on while you're trying to tow an rv it's like your pinball 1200 miles into it yeah and i felt so bad because i didn't know until um i 
finally started driving and then i was like oh this you know this has to be turned off yeah good times mm-hmm. but then it was it was really smooth after that after the that trailer. there was no problem yeah it was like wow this is actually we we've got a great car this is all set up really well and yeah. it worked yeah something else that we had to also kind of conquer and figure out before we left was so we've got a cat bijou he's the sweetest cat um he's a bangle he's a bangle so he's a little bit wild um we had to figure out how to transport him with us because that was not going to work to have him in a little cat carrier in the back of the subaru so what we did you know cats have their litter boxes and their food and all that stuff we had to figure out a way to transport that so we got him a new small litter box that came in like a little like a shell so there's a door and can kind of keep the litter contained and we had his food and his water in these kind of perpetual containers so that helped to make sure that he was good to go. And then we just let him actually roam free in the camper, which worked out great. He's it a great really camper did. Cat. He he would just sleep in the bunk bed, snuggled into the into Elliot's blankets. Yeah. And then when we'd stop, we'd put his it's kind of funny, put his harness with his leash on him. <laughs> and we would kind of let him walk around. And initially he was really scared. And then I think it was somewhere in Texas. Yeah. Where all of a sudden, he's like, oh, my gosh, we are on a trip. This is exciting. I've never seen red dirt before. I have to roll in it. Uh. And it, that was a disaster. <laughs> but he was so happy. And he, you could, as weird as it sounds, you could actually see that he was having fun on our adventure. And by the time we got to Florida, he was a professional camping cat. Yeah. yeah. But I will say, like, we had to take a couple precautions in the camper meaning like our camper has this this is going to sound just kind of maybe ridiculous to some but amazing to others it has an awesome screen door um it's like brand new there's not a single tear in it um it doesn't slam like on other camper campers it's got this cool like tension feature in it but i was like i have to make sure this thing stays protected and so i had to tape up Packing tape. Um, put packing tape and others all over that perfect, you know, mesh in the screen door. Because Bijou it, was so excited. He's like, ooh, a screen. What's this? Mm-hmm. My claws feel so good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but that, that really helped. And, um, oh, it was like, that's what it was. It was that and bubble wrap. Because we had all oh, that yeah, extra that's bubble right. wrap. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had to that's make it funny. so it was not attractive to him. He yeah. did not like the bubble wrap. Yeah. Oh, good times. But yeah, so no, that was once we figured out how we could transport him safely and comfortably, that was kind of like the last missing piece for us to be able to like actually leave. But um, the route, I love planning road trips and it, it was really interesting. We talked to a lot of friends and family before making our final decision about the route to take the camper across the country. One of our other friends, Craig, who runs Y Travel Blog, they just did this whole across the U.S., trip with a large fifth wheel and or um, a camper trailer anyways that was a, no, no they had a fifth wheel yeah a fifth wheel nothing was huge and um so it just kind of pinged him and was like hey what would you do and he's like go the least windy route it's not the shortest route but go the least windy route and i'm so glad we did that so we didn't have to drive through kansas or colorado or any of those places that just get the super crazy um gusts and instead what we did was we went we headed a little bit east and went from washington down into um, northern Oregon along the 84 until we got over to Twin Falls, Idaho, where we spent the night and we got to visit Shoshone Falls, which was absolutely amazing. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was like a miniature Niagara Falls in Idaho. Beautiful. And there were so many rainbows. Super cool. And then from there, that's where we really, we headed south to get on our primary track across the country. 
So we had to go down through Utah, which was really interesting. I love Utah, but they had no idea that COVID was happening. Uh-uh. No. It was like when what we hit I mean Salt Lake by that City. Is like <laughs> people were out everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. There's not masks. There was no concern. It's we like got in a stuck bubble. in rush hour. Yeah, it was bizarre. Completely different than our experience in Washington and Oregon. Yeah, but then, but then, like as we as we moved out of Utah, when we had to go through um, go through a little bit of Colorado, a little bit of Arizona, and into New Mexico. Um, in New Mexico, there was graffiti about masks and keeping distance, and their whole communities were just kind of shut down. So it was a totally different experience as we were in um northwestern new mexico and then crossing the state and then from new mexico we went through texas um and then we headed even further south once we got there um got to stop at cadillac ranch was which was really cool <laughs> that was weird the weirdest art art installation yeah yeah art installation sure yeah <laughs> with a bunch of upended cadillacs buried halfway in a field um they're like what, 50s, 60s Cadillacs, I think? Yeah, super cool. And, you know, people continually repaint them. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Tons of graffiti. But so it, that was a fun little, not really even detour on the road. It was just a little stop. Yeah, and then we went from, that was in Amarillo, or Amarillo, and then from Amarillo down to Dallas, and where did we go after Dallas? I don't remember. Do we stop What's somewhere? the next state over? Um, Texas, Louisiana. Mississippi, Alabama. Ah, we went from Dallas and then drove crazy far to um, Mobile, Gulf Shores, Alabama. It was Gulf Shores, yeah. Yeah, and spent the night there. And that left us with our last day being our final stretch home on a shorter drive. We got into St. Augustine the day before we could get keys to our house. And the people who were selling the house said we could just park in the driveway. Thank goodness. Um and yeah, it was it was really fascinating finding ways to get across the country where we had gas stations that were close enough together because when you're towing a camper, you're um, you're buying gas. Oh my gosh, your miles per gallon, it's less than a third of what it normally would be. Oh my gosh, but as you start, for those of you that have done it, you know, but like gas prices in Washington were let's say like three twenty a gallon. But then we got, I think one time maybe we paid 99 cents a gallon. Yeah. Like no, gas no got we, we got gas for $1.09 and then we $1. saw nine. something okay. for 99 cents. Okay. And we're like, what is gas that? Gas got cheap. So thank goodness that got cheap because we were filling up every 120, 140 miles. So yeah, oh, I forgot about that. Then we got here and gas was $1.51, which was still way better than Washington. Cheap. So, but yeah, so that was our route. Um, we really didn't have any great stops along the way because everything was closed. The national parks were closed. Um, most of the state parks that we drove past were only letting um, local residents in. So in order to have access, you had to have an ID that showed you lived in the county. Um, and then there was a couple spots we were able to stop at. And so in Texas, they actually um, had a reservation system in place where I tried over and over and over and I could not make it work. And then finally, I got it to work on another state park. But it was really difficult to get access to any of the Texas state parks that we could have stopped out along our route because we couldn't get reservations for anything. We didn't get to stop at the Grand Canyon of Texas, which would have been awesome, Paladuro State Park. 
We stopped at. Um, we couldn't. Where did Oliver want to stop? The oh, Four Corners. Four Corners. That was his only request for our entire drive across the country, is that he wanted to stop at Four Corners Monument. That is a Navajo Nation park, and all Navajo Nation parks were closed because of coronavirus, and so we drove just in case because every other park had a sign that said closed, but Four Corners Monument didn't, and so we drove. And then we pulled up, and the gates were closed, and there were signs up. <sighs> oh, well. We tried. We tried, so we're going to have to try that again someday. By the way, it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, But we did find some really cool spots to stop along the route. Um, I think my favorite was Canyon of the Ancients. In, oh, yeah, that was really great. Yeah, in southwestern Colorado. So on the route, we went through Utah and then down towards... New Mexico, we just had to go through a little smidgen of Colorado, kind of by Mesa Verde National Park, which was closed. So we stopped in at Canyon of the Ancients, which is a Bureau of Land Management site. So it was open, and it was just a drive-in, explore, and go. But really cool Anasazi ruins. And I think that was one of the most special and fascinating spots that we could have possibly stopped. So thank goodness we did. It was really pretty. I'm trying to think if we had any other... We, we didn't. Yeah. No, we just drove... Yeah. We drove and drove and drove. It was weird driving through Moab. So that's, you know, where Arches National Park is, and it's right by Canyonlands National Park. Moab looked like a creepy ghost town with, like, blinking neons that just said closed or vacancy and no people. And yeah. that was weird. But yeah. thankfully, we did have places to stay, but it was challenging sometimes trying to make sure we had a secure camping spot for the night. Yeah, so before we left, I, I only had made that one campground reservation that was for the KOA in Twin Falls just because I was like, oh, that's not too far. We can easily make that. Come to find out later that it takes a lot longer to drive when you have a camper. So yeah, we didn't have any reservations the rest of the way, but we had some approximate stopping points that we wanted. So we'd have to kind of drive. And then when we thought we knew where we'd go, we'd real quick find another campground. And then... um. Every time I would call, they would very specifically ask, are you are you transient right now? Are you looking to camp for recreation? And it was, it was very interesting that we could only get campsites as long as they were for one night only, and this was not recreation. They were really, really strict and specific about letting us camp. Yeah, so we just made campground reservations on the fly, sometimes just before we would arrive. Yeah, it was definitely not... Our favorite way to travel, especially because we like to plan things better, but it worked for our yeah. situation. Now I think things are better. <laughs> and I think what was great though was that every place that we stopped, we were able to at least and, and stay. We had power and mm -hmm. sewer hookups, right? Yeah. Oh, and that was great learning experience on the fly about flushing the tanks in our camper, because <laughs> that we, we only kind of had that um, book knowledge from having orientation. And having to actually figure out how to drain our black water and our gray water and refill our tanks. Hands-on learning. Yeah. times. <laughs> but, well, if you travel that much, it's, it's so nice to have a bathroom. Oh, my gosh, away, yeah. And to be able to take a shower. The thing worked so well. Yeah. Right? Oh, and yeah, because that was the other thing is that for our stops, like, as we drove, not only did we not stay in hotels or eat at restaurants, but we didn't use a single bathroom besides what was in our camper yep. for a week. Yep. <laughs> Which... In like retrospect, I said, wow. We were self-contained. <laughs> that's, that's really funny. I hadn't thought about that at all since we got here and had bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, good times. 
What was your favorite weird experience while we were driving? Favorite weird experience? I think it had to be when we stopped for dinner. And so we, we pulled into, I can't remember where we were, like what city or town that was. Um, but we pulled oh, in. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Green River, Utah. Green River, Utah. We're like trying to find some place where we can pull in easily, right? And uh, park the camper and car just so we can make dinner and then easily get back on the road. And so there was like this vacant, um, dead looking motel and parking lot. And so we're like, let's just pull in there. Literally not a sign of life there oh, or no. anywhere else around. No, it was kind of like a creepy murder hotel. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we pull in, we park and, you know, we're inside, we're doing our thing, making dinner. And actually like there's new meals that the kids like, which is mac and cheese, where I also add a can of tuna and frozen vegetables. Sure, judge, but it's delicious and the kids do like it. So it's it the perfect a roadside <laughs> dinner meal. Um, and, uh, and so we were, and then we were just like cleaning up, you know, getting ready to get back on the road. And, and we had taken a break to let the kids use their oh, scooters right. in the parking that's lot. That's right. The kids yeah. got to like stretch their legs and Bijou, and Bijou was outside, right? While I, was, I was making dinner and, um, you know, and then we're getting ready to go. And, uh, and then Bob noticed these red and blue lights outside. He's like, the cops are here. It's like, yeah. we were on cops. It was really funny and really nerve-wracking <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> yeah, and so Bob, you know, had to go outside and, and chat with them and come to find out it's not a creepy, well, maybe still a creepy murder hotel, but it's actually um, open for business maybe, or they just didn't want us there on their property. Yeah. And so somebody called. and The said, owners hey. were still actually present in the hotel and had been watching us. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, hey, there's this, this family out there that's making dinner on our property and they need to go. Um, yeah. so anyways, we're like, well, we're just about out of here, but it's like, oh, come on. It really was startling to all of a sudden have like flashing lights outside your camper. Yeah. Flashing mm. lights to, you know, Good two times. cops coming out. Um, but anyway, so I thought that was the weirdest experience cause everything else just seemed kind of normal. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, normal none, as normal can be when you're, you know, none of the stuff that I was thinking about even remotely comes close to that. Just like thinking back about the feeling that I had in my stomach when there was cops outside the camper. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I enjoyed taking Bijou for walks through campgrounds and we didn't really have any super duper strange experiences beyond that. The entire time we only interacted with two other people and it was because somehow we found the only two gas stations in the entire country oh, yeah. that don't have pay at the pump. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that still existed. So that was the only other people that we ever interacted with was those two gas stations. But yeah. yeah. What a weird life experience. So it was so strange. Yeah. I want to do it again without COVID. coronavirus where we can like plan everything and actually make all the stops we wanted to. And yeah, we got a whole blog post all about the, um, our relocation. So we'd encourage you to read it. It's got some tips about planning out a trip like that. Um, but man, we're here now and I'm so thankful. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have any questions or comments, feel free to leave a note on our show notes page. And um, you can also always send us an email on the contact us page. Um, stay tuned or download our next episode. Our next episode is all about buying a vacation rental. Oh, yeah, that was random. I know. Totally entrepreneurial. So, unplanned. Yeah. So stay tuned for that or download the next one. 
Um, in the meantime, thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll talk to you later. See you guys. Bye. Two Travel Dads podcast is written by Rob and Chris Taylor and produced by Rob Taylor in Suquamish, Washington. If you would like to be on Two Travel Dads podcast or sponsor it, please visit us at twotraveldads.com slash work.